لا الصلاة والسلام على رسول الله نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فهو المهتد ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما يا كريم اللهم يا معلم إبراهيم علمنا ويا مفهم سليمان فهمنا اللهم اجعل هذا العلم حجة لنا لا علينا يا كريم باب الشفاعة The intercession Like we start always What is the relevance of this chapter to the book Subhanallah the mushrikeen of before they would worship and they would direct their worship to the, their idols and to their righteous and to the malaika and maybe to the angels and uh, to the angels and maybe to the messengers and the prophets and what was their excuse they say we know we know that these are the creation of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we acknowledge this but the only reason why we worship them is what ma na'buduhum illa liyuqarribuna ila allah zulfa we only worship them so that they can bring us closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that they can give us a shafa'ah in front of, before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that they can give us a shafa'ah before Allah. Because they have a very high standing. The malaika have a high standing. The righteous salihin have a very high standing. Yes, before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The, the messengers and prophets, they have a very high standing. But if we ask them directly, and we beseech them directly, and we invoke them directly, then what? then they will put in, essentially put in a good word for us with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this was their shubha. And so the, 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 the mu'allif, the author, what he wanted to do was, he wanted to destroy this shubha. He wanted to destroy this shubha. This is the whole purpose of this chapter. So you, used to, you used to worship them directly, and now you're saying that what? That we only worship them so that they can intercede on our behalf. And this is what Abad al-Qubur do now these days. The ones who go and worship the graves, the righteous person in the grave, why do they worship them? So that they can intercede before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They say we only worship them because they were righteous people. They were righteous people in this world and they have, they have a word with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But subhanAllah, this is what he reached subhanAllah. But they tried to justify their shirk with this kind of shubha. And a shafa'ah, here when we say shafa'ah linguistically, yani the, the verb shafa'ah, it means to make something to or to make something even. It is the opposite of of odd. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَالشَّفْعِ وَالْوَتْرِ وَالشَّفْعِ وَالْوَتْرِ They are opposite to one another. So something is odd and you make it even. And in the shari'i sense, it is to, sit, to intercede on behalf of someone before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To either bring about good for them or to avert harm of them. For example, the good is the shafa'ah of the Prophet wasallam for Ahlul Jannah to enter to enter Jannah. This is what? This is a shafa'ah for good. And the shafa'ah to avert harm is those muwahideen who were deserving of the hellfire, the Prophet ﷺ will make what? Will make shafa'a that they do not enter, that they do not enter the hellfire. But this is about, and it is a demonstration of how a shafa'a can be for bringing about good and for averting harm. And subhanAllah, this is when we talk about the, the, the shafa'a in the shari'i sense, in the aqidah sense, this is what we mean. The shafa'a before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of resurrection. But مثلا, in the, in the, in the everyday shafa'a, but this one is what they call in, in, the, in, in fiqh a shufa. But this is one we're not referring to this one, the one that's referred to in the books of, of, of fiqh. We're referring to the one which is yeah, intercession before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to either bring about good or to avert harm.
وقوله تعالى وأنذر به الذين يخافون أن يحشروا إلى ربهم ليس لهم من دونه ولي ولا شفيع لعلهم يتقون and warn therewith those who fear that they will be gathered before their Lord when there will neither be a protector nor an intercessor for them besides him so that they may fear Allah and keep their duty to him well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَأَنذِر يعني addressing the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم وَأَنذِر and النَّذَارَ is, is a warning is a warning فَسُبْحَانَ there's a difference between الخبر and النَّذَارَ for example, someone comes and tells us there's a fire in Tagrana. Is this, is this a warning? This is just news. But we say there's a, there's a fire in Tagranong and subhanAllah it's moving very fast. Maybe in two days it's going to reach Belkonen. Be careful. Take heed. So this is news with, with a warning. This is what a nazara is. This is what a nazara is. But there's مثلاً, when you give a warning, مثلاً, of, of the Quran gives warnings مثلاً, of the hellfire. It's not just to tell us about the hellfire. It's not just information about the hellfire. The hellfire is this, and he has malaika, ghilavun, shidadun, and subhanAllah, there's salasil, and, 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 and just, just mujarrad as a story that, that's told to us. What's the reason for this khabar is to warn us against the hellfires. Be careful you don't do the things which take you into the hellfire. For this is the difference between an, an nadara and mujarrad al-khabar. Mujarrad al-khabar. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَأَنذِرْ بِهِ وَأَنذِرْ بِهِ يعني with the Qur'an بِهِ this, this pronoun returns to the Qur'an يعني use the Qur'an as, as, a, as a means of warning and the warnings in the Qur'an are many for example like we said جَهَنَّمُ الْعِيَاذُ بِاللَّهِ and warning about following the wrong path all of these are warnings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving, uh, giving us that draws us back subhanAllah as we come to see here لَعَلَّهُمْ uh, يَتَّقُونَ that these warnings when they come to us that they increase our taqwa in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is the purpose of these warnings and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from those when they hear the warnings that are given to us that we take heed in them. So our hearts move, there's a movement in our heart that draws us closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because there's nothing worse than hearing the, the warnings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and there's nothing, we don't take anything from it. They fear that they will be that they will be resurrected. For the believer, they don't dispute that they will be Resurrected. For subhanAllah, it's not, the, it's not the resurrection, the occurrence of the resurrection that they are fearful of. Because this one, labud, it is going to happen. But what, they are, what are they fearful of? They are fearful of their condition when they are resurrected. They are fearful of, of their condition when they are resurrected. How will they be resurrected? On the obedience of Allah or on the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? يَخَافُونَ أَنْ يُحْشَرُوا يعني يُخَافُونَ أَنْ يُحْشَرُوا يعني in, a, in a state which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not pleased with. يَخَافُونَ أَنْ يُحْشَرُوا إِلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ لَيْسَ لَهُمْ مِن دُونِهِ that On that day, لَيْسَ لَهُمْ مِن دُونِهِ وَلِيٌّ وَلَا شَفِيعٌ They do not have a wali, nor do they have a shafi'i. They will not have a wali, يعني someone to support them, someone to protect them. Nor will they have someone to intercede on their behalf. So this is the shahid from the hadith that they do not have anyone wala shafi'un la'allahum yattaqun la'allahum yattaqun is la'allahum yattaqun this is what the nazara this is the result of the warning this is what should occur when you get the warning that you should attain taqwa and as a result of this taqwa you draw closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you do the things which please him and you stay away from the things which displease him that way you meet him on the day of judgment in a good state for yeah subhanallah the the the, the shurah they said whenever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Whenever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala negates the shafa'ah, because we're going to come to see in the ayat that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala establishes the shafa'ah, and sometimes He negates the shafa'ah. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala negates the shafa'ah, always He is negating what? 
the shirki shafa'a. He's always negating the shirki shafa'a. But it's essentially saying that if they were to do something, if they were to do something in this dunya, which when they meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, will not earn them the shafa'a of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is what they are fearful of. For example, they, they, they commit shirk, whether minor or major, and then they meet Allah and they are not worthy of, of the shafa'a that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives. They are not worthy. This is what they are fearful of. This is what they are fearful of. That you meet Allah and you haven't done anything in order to receive the shafa'a of the Prophet sallallahu or of the believers or of the angels. So this is what they are fearful of. When Allah negates the shafa'a, it is the shafa'a, yani is negating the things which will achieve that shafa'a. And that from those things is, is a shirk. Al-Akbar wa al-Azhar. And then the general meaning of the ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands his messenger to use the noble Qur'an to warn those who fear Allah and those who keep in mind the day when they will stand before Allah lacking the support of a close relative or an intercessor to intercede on their behalf without the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They may therefore be alert and do good deeds in this life in the hope that Allah will save them from the punishment of the day of resurrection. And then the relevance of this is what is negating the shafa of shirk. That subhanAllah that you should meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not have a shafa'a from anyone. And the only people who don't get it, as we'll come to see, are the ones who what? Are the ones who? Who commit shirk. Who commit shirk. For only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who grants the shafa'a. This shafa'a, who does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give the shafa'a to? He only gives it to those who he's, as we'll come to see, the ones who gives permission and those whom he is pleased with. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is only pleased with what? Is the ones who come with tawheed, who have preserved their tawheed. For the ones who, مثلاً, who claim that we worship besides Allah these false deities because they give us shafa'a, this refutes them. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not pleased with these people, how can he give them shafa'a? وَقَوْلِهِ تَعَالَى قُلْ لِلَّهِ الشَّفَاعَةُ جَمِيعًا Say to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala belongs all the intercession. This is in Surah Al-Zumar. قُلْ لِلَّهِ الشَّفَاعَةُ جَمِيعًا To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all of the shafa'a belongs. All of the shafa'a belongs to, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yani this is ex- yani showing the exclusiveness of the shafa'a, that it only belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No one can intercede on, on anyone's behalf before Allah, except with the permission of Allah. Because Allah is the one who, what? who has the power over all the shafa'a. And when he says jami'an, so this jami'an is indicative that there are different types of, of shafa'a. وَقَوْلِهِ تَعَالَى مَنْ ذَا الَّذِي يَشْفَعُ عِنْدَهُ إِلَّا بِإِذْنِهِ In ayat al-Kursi, Surah al-Baqarah. Who is it that can intercede with him except with his permission? For this is a question. And its purpose is what? Is to refute that no one, no one can give an intercession with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without his permission. No one can give. No one can go up before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and speak even before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of judgment. لَا يَتَكَلَّمُونَ إِلَّا مَنْ أَذِنَ لَهُ الرَّحْمَةِ They can't even speak without the permission of Allah, let alone to give a shafa'a as well. فَمَنْ ذَا الَّذِي يَشْفَعَ عِنْدَهُ It refutes. And as well he said, as Shaykh ibn Uthaymin, he said, يعني, if the refutation is in the context of a question, it's a challenge. يعني, essentially bring forth those who can Give shafa'a before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of judgment without his permission. Bring them forth. Who are these people? Who are these individuals that can give shafa'a before Allah without the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? But this is a tahaddi, a challenge. Who are these entities? Who are these false deities that can give a shafa'a before Allah without his permission? Indahu, yani with him. Yani where is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Indahu. Man dhaladhi yashfa'u. Indahu. Where is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Indahu. With Allah. Where is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Above the heavens, upon his throne he ascended in a manner befitting his majesty. 
Who is with him? The angels, the carriers of the throne. Yes, Jibreel alayhi salam. The high-ranking angels are with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with him. With him, in a manner befitting his majesty. And this is what they say is, is, is mubalagha. That means, عندahu. That means even these angels, even these angels, they cannot give shafa'a except with? With the permission of Allah. So what about those below the angels, whether they are humans or lesser angels or, or, or anbiya or, or salihin? Can they give a, can they give a shafa'a? But if those with Allah cannot give shafa'a, the close angels to Allah cannot give shafa'a except with the permission of Allah. But what about those below them? And then the general meaning of the two ayat that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala orders the Prophet ﷺ to inform those attached to false, the false deities for the sake of their intercession that the intercession exclusively belongs to Allah. And that none can intercede without the permission. Rather, none can utter a single word on the day of resurrection except by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's permission. And then the relevance of the two ayat to the chapter. Subhanallah, they jointly refute the mushrikeen and what they are upon. So they say that we worship these false idols and these false deities. Why? Because what? Because they have a standing with Allah and they will give us shafa'a. They will give us a shafa'a. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, no one has shafa'a except with my permission. But subhanallah, these false deities that you worship, how can you claim that they have shafa'a? And لربما Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not even considered them for a shafa'a. And the fact that you are committing shirk, as we'll come to say in the next ayah, the fact that you are committing shirk, that you are not even deserving of a shafa'a yourself. You yourselves are not even deserving of a shafa'a. But subhanAllah, this, is, this could be a mathalan, a, a shubha that a person has. That we know that mathalan, that the Prophet wasallam it gives a shafa'a. We know that it's established in the sunnah that the Prophet wasallam gives a shafa'a. So someone might come along and they say, why don't we make dua to the Prophet wasallam to give us shafa'a? We say, Ya, ya Rasulullah, please grant me shafa'a. We know that the Prophet ﷺ gives shafa'a and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with him and that he will give him the shafa'a. So how come we don't make dua to the Prophet ﷺ? But the way that we gain the, 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 the way we gain the shafa'a of the Prophet ﷺ is by committing shirk? Is by what? Is by obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For example, the dua after the adhan. اللهم رب هذه الدعوة التامة والصلاة القائمة آتي محمد الوسيلة وفضيلة وبعث المقام محمد الذي وعدته ولد البروفيسور صلى الله عليه وسلم حلت له شفاعتي my شفاعه he's worthy of my شفاعه how did he get how did he how did he get the the شفاعه by what by worshiping Allah سبحانه وتعالى not by asking the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم توحيد إخلاص this is how you attain the شفاعة of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم not through a shirk not through the means of shirk ولا يذب الله وقوله تعالى وكم من ملك في السماوات لا تغني شفاعتهم شيئا إلا من بعد أن يأذن الله لمن يشاء ويرضى and how many angels are there in the heavens whose intercession will avail nothing except after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given leave for whom he wills and he pleases in surah al-Najm وكم من ملك this is a question how many angels and it's supposed to للتكثير that means there are so many angels that there are so many angels. It's not a question that, that we, we, we're going to answer with a specific number. But this question is to show the great number of angels. Yes, samawat. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala specifically mentioned that with where are they? In the samawat. We know that the angels there are in the samawat and we know that there are angels where? In the ard as well. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala specifically mentioned again, عنده, the same thing here. samawat. Because the ones who are in the samawat. Especially the ones who are close to him, the ones who carry his throne, and Jibreel alayhi salam, the ones who are in the heavens, in the high heavens. 
in the high levels of the heavens, that even they cannot give shafa'ah. Even they cannot give shafa'ah, except with, with the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. إِلَّا مِنْ بَعْدِ أَنْ يَأْذَنَ اللَّهُ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ وَيَرْضَى Except after Allah has given leave or permission for whom he wills and pleases. And this ayah in Surah Al-Najm, it mentions the two conditions of, of shafa'ah. The two conditions of shafa'ah. The first one is, إِلَّا مِنْ بَعْدِ أَنْ يَأْذَنَ That means Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has to approve of the person, الشَّافِعْ وَالْمَشْفُعْ the one who is giving shafa'ah and the one who is, who, يعني the intercession is on their behalf. Al-shafi'a wal-mashfu'a. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has to approve them. But the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam may give shafa'ah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala approves him. But who does the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam give shafa'ah to? Everyone? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has to also approve to the ones that he gives shafa'ah to as well. This is the first one. Yes. إِلَّا مِنْ بَعْدِ أَنْ يَأْذَنَ اللَّهُ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ to whomever he wills وَيَرْضَى And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with them. Again, al-shafi' wa al-mashfu' That Allah is pleased with the shafi' The one who is giving the intercession Otherwise he wouldn't have given him permission in the first place Wal-mashfu' as well The mashfu' as well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with them Who is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala pleased with from al-mashfu' The muwahideen, the ones who worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone The ones who, who commit shirk Are they, Does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does approve of them And he, he permits the shafi'ah for them? He doesn't إِلَّا مِنْ بَعْدِ أَنْ يَأْذَنَ اللَّهُ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ وَيَرْضَى For these are the two conditions of, of al-shafa'ah. If you want, just go back to Surah Al-Najm and read from أَفَرَأَيْتُمْ اللَّاتَ وَالْعُزَّةِ and see where it joins with this ayah. So after he mentioned اللَّاتُ وَالْعُزَّةِ what did he mention? وَكَمْ مِنْ مَلَكٍ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ He mentioned this ayah. But the, the Mufassirun, they said, they said that this one what? It specifically is refuting whom? Allah and Al-Uzza, the worship of Allah Wal-Uzza and Manat, the ones that they say we worship them to draw us closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then give us a shafa'ah before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if the angels who have this high rank cannot intercede except with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's permission, then subhanAllah, Allah and Al-Uzza and Al-Manat, they have no right to be taken as deities besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the general meaning of the ayah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs us that despite the elevated rank of the angels, in the sight of Allah, the, interse- the intercession is of no avail, except if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants them permission to intercede on behalf of those approved by Allah, whose deeds are free from acts of minor and major shirk. And then the relevance of the ayat of the chapter, and it refutes the mushrikeen and what they are upon, subhanAllah. So the, the shafa'a belongs to Allah, he's the one that approves it. He's the one that gives permission, and he only gives permission to those whom he approves of subhanahu wa ta'ala. For you taking these deities besides Allah as shufa'a, it goes against what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will never approve someone who, who commits shirk. And if a person were to commit shirk, they will never be a shafi'a. They will never perform shafa'a. For the, the shafa'a is only given to the muahideen. The muahideen. The ones who give the shafa'a and the ones who receive the shafa'a as well. وَقَوْلِهِ تَعَالَىٰ الَّذِينَ زَعَمْتُمْ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ لا يملكون مثقال ذرة في السماوات ولا في الأرض وما لهم فيهما من شرك وما له منهم من ظهير ولا تنفع الشفاعة عنده إلا لمن أذن له. Say so call upon those whom you assert to be associate gods besides Allah. They possess not even the weight of an atom or a small ant either in the heavens or on the earth. Nor have they any share in either nor there is for him any supporter from amongst them. Intercession with him profits not except for him whom he permits. Alright, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قُلِدْعُوا الَّذِينَ زَعَمْتُمْ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ يعني قُلِدْعُوا Call upon 
call upon those or even bring them forth. Either you call them or you bring them forth. Whichever one of them. قُلْ اِدْعُوا الَّذِينَ زَعَمْتُمْ مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ زَعَمْتُمْ Zam is what? It's to allege. But when you allege something, it may it, it, it has an element of what? That يعني, it could be true, it could not be true. But Zam here is completely, there's no, subhanAllah, يعني, truth to what you say. Or what you claim, these, these false deities that you worship. قُلْ اِدْعُوا الَّذِينَ زَعَمْتُمْ مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ لَا يَمْلِكُونَ مِثْقَالَ ذَرَّةٍ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَلَا فِي الْأَرْضِ That they do not what? لَا يَمْلِكُونَ مِثْقَالَ They have no mulk of the مِثْقَالَ of a ذَرَّةٍ If we're talking about a ذَرَّةٍ, it's talking about the ant, the small ant. When you say a ذَرَّةٍ in Arabic language, it's referring to what? It's a small ant. For this small ant, how much is the weight of a small ant? If you put the small ant on the scale, يعني it has to be a very sensitive scale to register even a weight, subhanAllah. But these false deities that you worship besides Allah, they cannot bring about any good or any harm. They don't have any mulk, this weight of the dharra. قُلِ ادْعُوا الَّذِينَ زَعَمْتُمْ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ لَا يَمْلِكُونَ مِثْقَالَ ذَرَّةٍ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَلَا فِي الْأَرْضِ وَمَا لَهُمْ فِيهِمَا مِنْ شِرْكِ That they do not have any shirk. يعني they do not have any share with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the samawat. So when you see here, فِيهِمَا وَمَا لَهُمْ فِيهِمَا فِيهِمَا Yes, فِيهِمَا this is the jewel. يعني السماوات والأرض. That they do not have any share with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the heavens or the earth. That, are, that they do not have any share with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the heavens or the earth. Whatever is in the heavens or whatever is in the earth, the mulk and the thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, they have no share in this, these false deities of yours. وَمَا لَهُمْ مِنْهُمْ مِنْ ظَهِيرٍ وَمَا لَهُمْ مِنْهُمْ مِنْ ظَهِيرٍ That amongst these false deities, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't have a ظَهِير amongst them. And a ظَهِير is the one that provides aid and the one that supports. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't need these false deities to what? Yani to control the heavens and the earth. He doesn't need someone to assist him in doing so. وَالْعِيَاذُ بِاللَّهِ but all these things Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is refuting from these false idols that the, 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 the mushrikun worship. So after negating all these things from these false deities, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? وَلَا تَنْفَعُ الشَّفَاعَةُ عِنْدَهُ إِلَّا لِمَنْ أَذِنَ لَهُ For after mentioning all these things which these idols don't have, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says what? يعني Allah refutes all those things and now you're trying to justify that they may, that the only reason why we worship them is what? Is so that they bring us closer to Allah so that they can give us shafa'a yawm al-qiyamah. So Allah then also denies this as well. And it's as if he's saying that he will never give permission to these false deities and to those who invoke these false deities. This is what this ayah is saying, essentially. That he will never give permission to those, the, the false deities, and to those who worship these false deities. We always say, and the tasalsul of the ayat, the relevance of the ayat, one after another. So after denying everything of these false aliha, then he denies also what? The shafa'a, that they have any shafa'a without the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the general meaning of the ayah, in order to prove the incapacity of the polytheists, false deities, the Prophet ﷺ is commanded to challenge the polytheists by asking them to invoke their false deities, which they claim bring them benefit and guard them against harm. These false deities are no doubt incompetent and unable to respond to any invocation, as they do not possess even an ant's weight of the universe. They are also not partners with Allah and His sovereignty, of the, universe, of the universe, nor do they assist him in managing the affairs of the heavens and the earth. They also do not have the ability to intercede on behalf of anyone except with his permission. A polytheist will never receive intercession. 
Therefore, the, fa the fallacy of worshipping these false deities in the hope that they will intercede before Allah is, categor is categorically destroyed. And then the relevance of the ayah to the chapter, and it's pretty straightforward. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refutes that these, false or that these false deities will have a shafa'ah. And this is consistent with what we said before, that the shafa'ah only belongs to Allah, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only gives the shafa'ah to whom? the one that he is pleased with and the one that he has approved of. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is only pleased with the muwahideen and not the mushrikeen. And he will only ever give permission to the muwahideen, never to the mushrikeen. قال أبو العباس نفى الله عما سواه كل ما يتعلق به المشركون فنفى أن يكون لغيره ملك أو قسط منه أو يكون عونا لله ولم يبق إلا الشفاعة فبين أنها لا تنفع إلا لمن أذن له الرب كما قال تعالى ولا يشفعون إلا لمن ارتضى فهذه الشفاعة التي يظنها المشركون هي منتفية يوم القيامة كما نفاها القرآن وأخبر النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أنه يأتي فيسجد لربه ويحمده لا يبدأ بالشفاعة أولا ثم يقال له ارفع رأسك وقل يسمع واسأل طاطة واشفع تشفع وقال أبو هريرة رضي الله عنه من أسعد الناس بشفاعتك يا رسول الله قال من قال لا إله إلا الله خالصا من قلبه فتلك الشفاعة لأهل الإخلاص بإذن الله ولا تكون لمن لمن أشرك بالله وحقيقته أن الله سبحانه هو الذي يتفضل على أهل الإخلاص فيغفر لهم بواسطة دعاء من أذن له أن يشفع ليكرمه وينال المقام المحمود فالشفاعة التي نفاها القرآن ما كان فيها شرك ولهذا أثبت الشفاعة بإذنه في مواضع وقد بيّن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أنها لا تكون إلا لأهل التوحيد والإخلاص انتهى كلامه أبو العباس said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has equally negated all that the mushrikeen have attached to their false gods for he has negated that anyone has any dominion or any share of it besides him or that there is any assistance to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that there is nothing to remain except the intercession it is clear that there will be no benefit to anyone except for who has been granted permission by the Lord, as he stated, وَلَا يَشْفَعُونَ إِلَّا لِمَنِ ارْتَضَى that They will not be able to intercede except for him with whom he, subhanahu wa ta'ala, is pleased. And for this reason, the intercession that the mushrikeen believe in is rejected on the day of resurrection, as it is rejected by the Qur'an. And as the Prophet, sallallahu informed us, أنه يأتي فيسجد لربه ويحمده لا يبدأ بالشفاعة أولا ثم يقال له ارفع رأسك وقل يسمع وسل تعطى واشفع تشفع He will come and prostrate to his Lord and praise him and he will not begin with the intercession at first It will be said to him afterwards Raise your head, speak and it will be heard Ask and you will be given Intercede and intercession will be granted Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Man as'adu al-nasi bi shafa'atika ya Rasulallah? Qala man qala la ilaha illa Allahu khalisan min qalbihi. Who will be the happiest of people with your intercession? He, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said, Whoever said la ilaha illa Allah, sincerely with pure intention from his heart. So this intercession is for those people with pure intent. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so wills, and it will not be for those who commit shirk. The essence of the matter is that it is Allah who is above all imperfections, who favors the people sincere in their worship and forgives them through the medium 
of the invocation of whoever he has given permission to to intercede as an honor to him and to confer upon him the highest place al-maqam al-mahmud the intercession which is rejected and denied in the Quran is that which involves shirk and this is why intercession is confirmed and affirmed by the permission of Allah in many places the Prophet ﷺ made it clear that this intercession will not be for other than the people of Tawheed and Ikhlas, sincerity in the religion of Islam. Abu al-Abbas, Abu al-Abbas is Ibn Taymiyyah. His full name was Taqiyuddin Ahmad ibn Abdul Halim ibn Taymiyyah, al-Harrani. Subhanallah, his books that he wrote, he was a prolific author, subhanAllah, and he was imprisoned many times. And, and subhanAllah, his, this, this kunya of his Abu al-Abbas, it's not because he had a son called Al-Abbas. His, this was his kunya, but he never got married. He never actually got married because, subhanAllah, he was so busy with Al-Ilm and with Al-Jihad. So, subhanAllah, he was of those ulama that they would fight with the pen and with the sword, rahimahullah. And he died in the year 728 after Hijrah, and he was 67 years of age. And this quote is in his book called Al-Kalam ala Haqiqat al-Islam. Al-Kalam ala Haqiqat al-Islam. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he negated everything. The false deities that they worship, the false deities that the mushrikun worship, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala negated that they have any share of worship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All that remained, he said, is the intercession. But like we said, this was the excuse that they used. This is the excuse that they would use. We, we worship them alone because they have a word with Allah and they can intercede on our behalf. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also negated this. And he quoted the ayah, وَلَا يَشْفَعُونَ إِلَّا لِمَنِ ارْتَضَى Again, this goes to show the rida that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not allow the intercession to occur except to those whom he is pleased with. Except those whom he is pleased with from al-shafi'i wal-mashfu'i. And then he says, he mentions the the state of the Prophet that he goes before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he prostrates to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then it is said to him, subhanAllah, after he's humbled himself before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say to him, Irfa'a ra'sak, lift your head up, وَقُلْ يُسْمَعْ and say, and you will be heard. And he says to him, وَسَلْ تُعْطَى and ask, and you will be given, وَشْفَعْتُ شَفَّعْ and give intercession, you will, your intercession will be granted. And then Abu Hurairah, he mentions, yani he's now talking about the reality of the shafa'a, that who is deserving of the shafa'a, only the ones whom the Prophet ﷺ has given permission to. And then he mentions the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that he asked him, uh, of Abu Huraira that he asked the Prophet Sallallahu who is the one who will be the happiest with your shafa'ah that means he will get your shafa'ah he said man qala la ilaha illallah what khalisan min qalbihi he said khalisan min qalbihi and this excludes whom this includes excludes the munafiqeen so the munafiqeen they say la ilaha illallah but is khalisan min qalbihi they say it with sincerity they do not say it with sincerity but anyone who doesn't say it at all are they worthy of the shafa'ah of the Prophet Sallallahu they are not worthy Subhanallah, only Ahlul Ikhlas, Ahlul Tawheed, Al Ikhlas is a Tawheed essentially. They are the ones who will get the Shafa'ah of the Prophet. And then he mentions يعني, what the Haqiqah of, of the, of the Shafa'ah is. It is the Fadl of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is the bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He gives the, the Shafa'ah to Ahlul Ikhlas and Ahlul Tawheed. It is the bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That he allows, مثلاً, the Prophet وسلم, to give the shafa'ah, that he gives him permission and he is pleased with him. And as a result of his shafa'ah, it raises him to which level? To al-maqam al-mahmud, the praiseworthy position or the praiseworthy station. That everyone will praise him because of, of the shafa'ah that he gives. And we're going to look at the, the types of shafa'ah that the Prophet وسلم, gives. And then he mentions that the intercession which is rejected and denied in the Qur'an 
يعني is that which involves shirk every shafa'ah which is denied is the one that contains shirk in it again with the shafi'ah and mashfa that these false deities they have they will never get the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give shafa'ah and those who are worshipping those false deities they will never receive the permission to obtain the shafa'ah of the ones whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given permission to and much less those whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not given permission to but essentially why did he include يعني, this statement of, of Ibn Taymiyyah Subhanallah, he used that as an explanation for the ayat that he has already included. Just as a further explanation for the ayat that he has already included in the chapter. For Subhanallah, in the statement of Ibn Taymiyyah, there's a description of the intercession which is accepted by Allah, and there's a description of the intercession which is rejected by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the one which Allah accepts is the one that is, is, is for Ahl al-Tawheed. Yes? And the one that is rejected is for the people of shirk. That's the one that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rejects. And he also mentions Al-Maqam Al-Mahmood. What is Al-Maqam Al-Mahmood? And what did the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam have to do to initiate the Shafa'ah in order for him to obtain Al-Maqam Al-Mahmood in the hadith where he, subhanAllah, he has to bow and he has to prostrate to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And then after that, he is given the permission to, to give Al-Shafa'ah. We're going to look at this Shafa'ah, inshallah. And then the, th- the third one is, who are the happiest people? Yani the happiest in, in the sense that on Yawm Al-Qiyamah, they will get the shafa'ah of the Prophet How happy would you be if you were to receive the, the shafa'ah of the Prophet And subhanAllah, as a result of your ikhlas and your tawheed, that you get the shafa'ah of the Prophet He said, Man as'adu nasi bi shafa'atika ya Rasulullah. Who is the happiest person to receive your shafa'ah? What did he say? Qala la ilaha illallah khalisan min qalbi. The one who says, يعني, La ilaha illallah, sincerely from his heart. They also do the things which necessitate La ilaha illallah. These are the ones who receive the shafa'ah. But what does this mean? The ones who, who don't say La ilaha illallah, they will get the shafa'ah of the Prophet ﷺ? Absolutely not. The ones who commit shirk, will they get the shafa'ah of the Prophet ﷺ? They will not get the shafa'ah of the Prophet. But the shafa'ah is exclusively for whom? For the people of ikhlas and for the people of tawheed. So now we look at now the types of shafa'ah that the Prophet ﷺ gives. The first one is the, the shafa'at al-kubra, the major intercession. The major intercession, al-maqam al-mahmood. Yani when the sun comes down, qadr amil, and the people are in the mahshar, and everyone is yani, a level of sweat according to their, their sins. Some of them to their ankles, some of them to their knees, some of them to their waist, some of them yuljamu bihi, up to their noses, subhanAllah. And the, and the maqam is long. Miqdaruhu khamsina al-fasana. 50,000 years, that's how Yawm al-Qiyamah, how long it will be. And subhanAllah, then they go to each one of the ulul azim min al-rusul. They go down one by one and each one gives the excuse why they cannot give this shafa'ah. But then it finally comes to the Prophet and the shafa'ah that he gives is just to expedite the hashr. It's just to get it moving, subhanAllah. It's just to get it started. This is the shafa'ah that he will give. So that they can, يعني, the horrors and the terrors of that day, Subhanallah, they, they, they are relieved from it just for a little bit. And this is for the believers, this one only. This is for the believers. Remember the shafa'ah that the Prophet ﷺ gives is only for the believers. So this is the first stage. Imagine yourself, Yawm Al-Qiyamah, in the, in the mahshar. Subhanallah, Al-Awwaleen Wal-Akhireen from the people. And Subhanallah, you are in the predicament that you are in. You see your mother and your father and your children, you run away from them. Yes, nafsi, nafsi, myself, myself. And you want to know, you don't know what the result will be, subhanAllah, whether you'll give your book in your right or in your, in your left. But the Prophet ﷺ, he expedites. He, he makes shafa'ah before Allah is given permission to give the shafa'ah just to expedite it. To expedite it and to, and to, to relieve the believers in the mahshars. For this is called al-maqam al-mahmood. 
And then the second one is the shafa'a of those who are destined to enter the Jannah, that they can enter the Jannah. They need the shafa'a of the Prophet ﷺ. The Prophet ﷺ has to seek permission from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that the doors of Jannah can be opened for the people of Jannah. This is the second type of shafa'a that the Prophet ﷺ will give. And then the second one is يعني, for those, the usat of the muwahideen, the usat of the muwahideen, alladheena yastahiqoon al-dukhul fi nar that after their, their hisab, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has called them to account, and he said, you are deserving of the hellfire. You will not get, you will not get any maghfirah from me. Your sins maybe are too big. You are deserving of, of the hellfire. The Prophet sallallahu will give a shafa'a on their behalf, that they do not enter the hellfire. So imagine this is all for whom? Well, the people of Tawheed. We're talking about the people of Tawheed. And then the fourth one is those who have already entered the hellfire of the Muwahideen. The Prophet ﷺ will also be granted permission to remove them from, from the hellfire. Remember, remember what? The Muwahideen will never be eternally in the hellfire. For subhanAllah, at every stage, subhanAllah. Yani before you enter the hellfire, there's a shafa'ah. You are eligible for a shafa'ah. You are in the hellfire, there is, you are eligible for a shafa'ah as well. SubhanAllah. You are the person of Jannah, you are eligible for a shafa'ah of the Prophet ﷺ because of your tawheed. You are in the mahshar. And your state is, is, in, is in a bad state in the mashah. You're eligible for the shafa'ah of the Prophet ﷺ because you are the person of her, a person of tawheed and a person of ikhlaq. And then the fifth one is intercession on behalf of some of the dwellers of paradise that their maqam is raised higher than that what they are. Whether they're in a lower or a, or a medium level of Jannah that the Prophet ﷺ will grant them shafa'ah so that their station and their rank can be elevated in Jannah. So that their station can be elevated in Jannah. This is another form of the shafa'ah. And then the final one is his specific shafa'ah for, for his uncle Abu Talib, that his punishment is what? Is reduced in the hellfire. His punishment is reduced in the hellfire. Although Abu Talib, subhanAllah, he supported Islam a lot, but he never, in Mecca, he supported the Prophet ﷺ and as a result supported Islam, but he never accepted, he never accepted Islam. And subhanAllah, this grieved the Prophet ﷺ a lot. So subhanAllah, as a result of this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted him specific shafa'ah that Abu Talib subhanAllah, he's the, 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 the lightest of the punishments of Abu Talib will be what? That he will have two, يعني, two ni'al, na'lan, يعني, two shoes of nar. يعني, his, his brains will be boiled as a result of the heat that is emanating from, from his na'al, from his shoes. So this is the, the lightest adab of Ahlul Nar. For these are all the shafa'at of of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi when we ask Allah subhanahu wa taala to grant us the shafa'ah of His beloved Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam, of those who what, who yani the shafa'ah to enter Jannah. Yes, this is the best shafa'ah that you can get. That you subhanallah you are the first zumrah to enter the Jannah, and that you receive the shafa'ah of the Prophet sallallahu that the doors be open for Jannah and that you enter Jannah. May Allah subhanahu wa taala make us from that. But yani, the important thing to understand in all these types of shafa'ah that the Prophet ﷺ gives is they are reserved for whom? Well, the people of Tawheed. And again, this goes to show the importance of, of Tawheed. Alright, quickly we'll go through the important issues of the chapter. Explanation of the verses mentioned. And yani, we've already taken this. There were five verses that are mentioned. Two, description of the rejected intercession. What is the rejected intercession? The one that is what? Mushtamila ala shirk. The one that contains elements of shirk in it. And again we say, subhanAllah, the rejected intercession. Rejected in terms of what? In terms of the shafi' and the mashfu'. The shafi' and the mashfu'. For the, the one, the, the false deity will never be granted permission by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the one who used to commit shirk. 
uh, in the hope that they will gain the, the shafa'ah of these false deities. Will they receive the, the, the shafa'ah? They will not receive the shafa'ah. For this is the rejected shafa'ah. Three, a description of the affirmed intercession. Yani the, yani the, the, the shafa'ah which is allowed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yani exclusively for the people of Tawheed with the condition that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants permission grants permission to the shafi'ah and the mashfu'ah and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with, again, as shafi'ah and al-mashfu'ah. Four, the greatest intercession being the highest place of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Yani the shafa'at al-kubra, which is al-maqam al-mahmud. And what the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I think five is, a description of what the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will do on the day of judgment, and that he will not begin by making intercession, rather he will prostrate, and when he is given permission, he will intercede sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, like the, the hadith that was mentioned by Ibn Taymiyyah in his statement. And this goes to show yani, the azamah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the majesty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his most yani, noble of creations, what must they do, subhanAllah, to initiate the shafa'ah? He must bow, he must submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in prostration, and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows him. He says, lift your head and ask, you will be given and intercede, and your intercession will be granted. So subhanAllah, it's not just a matter of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam going and straight away giving the shafa'ah, but the permission must be first given to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Six, who would be the happiest of people with the intercession of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Again, in the hadith of... Abu Huraira, when he asked him, who will be the happiest people to receive your intercession? He says, la ilaha illallah, with sincerity in their heart. And it's not just matter a statement which they utter on their lips. They also do the things which la ilaha illallah necessitates. Seven, intercession will not, be, will not at all be for whoever commits shirk. is never for the mushrikeen. Never for the mushrikeen. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Muddathir. Fama? تَنْفَعُهُمْ شَفَاعَةُ الشَّافِعِينَ The mushrikeen, they will benefit not at all with the shafa'ah of the shafi'in. For whom, whom as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted يعني, the shafa'ah, مثلا the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, will they be eligible for the shafa'ah? They will not be eligible because they are mushrikeen. Clarification of the real state of intercession. And this is as, as Shaykh al-Islam bin Taymiyyah said, يعني, it is the fadl of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is the ultimate bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a result of the dua that the Prophet ﷺ makes on behalf of the believing men and the believing women that the shafa'ah will be granted as a result of the fadl of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is allowing the intercession to occur in the first place, this belongs exclusively to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he grants the shafa'ah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is granting the shafa'ah as what? From his fadl, from his bounty subhanahu wa ta'ala. For this is the reality of the shafa'ah. And as a result of the Prophet ﷺ, Granting the shafa'ah, what's happening to the Prophet ﷺ? He's being elevated and raised the high rank, al-maqam al-mahmud. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika, ashadu an la ilaha illa ant, astaghfiruka wa tuwulaik, wa jazakumullahu khairan.